Well, today for the memorial of St. John Paul II, I'm going to focus on our first reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, and our responsorial psalm ties in with it as well. What we're looking at here in Romans is the new man, the new man. There's the old man, Adam, the first first man. Then there's the new man, Jesus Christ. And uh, sin and death came into the world through one, and righteousness and eternal life was reintroduced into the world through the other. So you got the old man and the new man. And there's a restoration of humanity in Christ. So as the Second uh, Vatican Council says in a famous, famous phrase that I repeat quite a bit is, when God became man, he did that to reveal to us God, but he also did it to reveal to us man. Okay? What human beings should be. What true human freedom, uh, really should look like and be like. So that's, that's part of the goal of the incarnation. It's very appropriate, uh, as well. And then, of course, in our responsorial psalm, we've got this whole, it's really a psalm that's prophetic of the incarnation. It's Christ, the servant of God, who, here I am, I come to do your will, uh, sacrifice and oblation you have not, uh, requested of me, but a body you have prepared for me. So it's about the incarnation of God becoming, uh, man and existing in the world with, uh, full human, humanity, including a human body. But it's very appropriate that we're celebrating St. John Paul II, uh, because this was really the theme of his entire pontificate, okay? So the very first encyclical that he wrote for the whole church way back in 1978 is, he's, uh, it's called Redemptor Hominis, which is the Redeemer of Man, or the Redeemer of Humankind, okay, the Redeemer of Mankind. And uh, the idea here, if I can kind of encapsulate, in fact, it shows up in our collect as well, too. We talk about that instructed by his teaching, we may open our hearts to the saving grace of Christ, the sole redeemer of mankind. So there's this emphasis on, on man. And if you can, uh, why this is important, what the significance of all this is, is that if you could take the past 500 years of Western civilization, which is really Christian civilization, and put it into a nutshell... It would look something like this. We are kind of tired of serving God. We're kind of tired of having God be the center of everything. We really kind of want man to be the center of everything. All right? We feel like our freedom, the more that we serve God, the more that human freedom is limited. So we're all about human freedom now. And so we're going to kind of shuck off the yoke of God so that humanity can be truly free and humanity can now take center stage. That's really sort of an encapsulation of the past 500 years of Western civilization, culturally speaking, politically speaking, so forth and so on. Uh, so many of the modern uh, political revolutions that took place beginning especially, of course, with the revolution in France, the French Revolution, that was really the theme. That was really the theme. So it's... We are going to live our lives within the horizon of merely human aspirations. The supernatural, forget about it. An eternal horizon, eternal goal, eternal perspective, forget about it. Okay? Um, we uh, are going to organize human society at a political level, social level, educational level, purely from that uh, man-centered humanistic perspective. That's what we're going to do. 
Okay? If you want your religion thing, do that in like a corner somewhere. <laughs> but don't bring it into the public sphere. Alright? Because the public sphere belongs to man, not to God. That really is sort of, you know, it's the worst of the worst. I mean, it's, uh, it's the most uncharitable way, of course, of reading the, the past 500 years, but there's a lot of truth to it. And so why it's so important and what's so wise about the church in the 20th century really uh, seen most first and foremost in John Paul II's pontificate is basically we're, we're listening to what people are saying, what human beings in Western civilization have been saying for the past few hundred years, and we're formulating and putting forth an intelligent response. So we're beginning from where they are, and where they are is man. And so we talk about man. So, okay, so if you want human freedom, if you want what's truly good for human beings, if you want uh, humanity to come to its fullness and its uh, full expression and fulfillment, well, the answer lies in Jesus Christ because he comes to us to show what humanity really is and what human freedom really is all about. So there's a fancy phrase that theologians talk about and historians use. They talk about the anthropological turn of the 20th century. In ages past, you could sort of, you know, if you were going to, to try to inculcate religious principles and precepts into people, you could appeal to God, you could appeal to duty, all right? That was something that really kind of was a hook that you could, that you could really get traction with in the hearts and the minds of, of men. Duty, right? You could appeal to honor, you know, what's honorable, things like that. In the 20th century, not so much. In the 21st century, not so much. You don't get a lot of traction with talking about duty, <laughs> right? People feel that, oh, duty, this is, a, this is an infringement upon my freedom. But you know, there is one la last um, thing, uh, ground, common ground that we can stand on with the broader secular society, and that is the dignity of the human person, okay? So that's why you see such an emphasis in the pontificate of John Paul II about based on the dignity of the human person. Now, in fact, there are many uh, cultural practices and mores and modes of operation today that are directly uh, contrary to the dignity of the human person. Okay, uh, Pornography, uh, abortion, um, uh, so often a, a kind of a a utilitarian approach to ethics that basically says, you know, human beings can be reduced to numbers. Well, let's shoot for the greatest amount of psychological contentment and well-being for the greatest number of people. And all the while, the, the dignity of the human individual person is, is, is sort of erased. So with that said, though, nonetheless, this is something that's left in the heart of modern man, is they do long and thirst to have their own individual dignity as persons be respected, okay, and be set free and liberated. They really do. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So we can't really appeal. You know, you don't, you can't evangelize anymore on the, on the basis of duty. <laughs> but you can really evangelize and you can make good grounds talking about the dignity of the human person. And Christ is the one who shows us that dignity and he's the key to uh, unlocking it and setting it free. This was the emphasis of John Paul II, such a, such a wise uh, pope. He talked and taught so much about human sexuality and the goodness of the family and marriage from the perspective of the dignity of the human person. Uh, so this, this whole bend 
towards personalism that you see within the church's official teaching over the past 40 years or so. It's largely the result of John Paul II's uh, pontificate. So we have him to thank. He's really a providential figure that God gave to human civilization at the right time, the right moment. And everything was just prepared perfectly. This, this guy shows up and he speaks just what modern man, a contemporary man, needs to hear. Amazing, amazing gift from God. So we're very, very thankful for his uh, his pontificate and his, his deep, profound uh, wisdom and his teaching. We pray that we'd be able to shape our lives with it and, and bring forth the gospel to the world on the basis of that, that new emphasis. Uh, and so we want to start with man, okay, but remember, only with God can man come into his own and really reach his freedom and, and his dignity.